A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, we are not debtors to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption, through which we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if only we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. The word of the Lord. Our God is the God of salvation. God arises, his enemies are scattered, and those who hate him flee before him. But the, joy, the just rejoice and exult before God. They are glad and rejoice. Our God is the, God of salvation. the father of orphans and the defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God gives a home to the forsaken. He leads forth prisoners to prosperity. Blessed day by day be the Lord, who bears our burdens, God, who is our salvation. God is a saving God for us. The Lord, my Lord, controls the passageways of death. Dominus vobiscum, Lexio Sancti Evangelii secundum Lucam, Jesus was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath, and a woman was there who, who for 18 years had been crippled by a spirit. She was bent over, completely incapable of standing erect. When Jesus saw her, he called to her and said, Woman, you are set free of your infirmity. 
He laid his hands on her, and she at once stood up straight and glorified God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant that Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, said to the crowd in reply, There are six days when work should be done. Come on those days to be cured, not on the Sabbath day. The Lord said to him in reply, Hypocrites, does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his ass from the manger and lead it out for watering? This daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years now, ought she not to have been set free on the Sabbath day from this bondage? When he said this, all his adversaries were humiliated, and the whole crowd rejoiced at all the splendid deeds done by him. When laws that are written are just, properly understood, and effectively implemented, they can be helpful tools in providing instruction and guidance in right conduct and appropriate social behavior. However, when laws are separated from their proper intention, their spiritual context or significance, then they, become, they can become vehicles for enslavement and impose an intolerable burden on the poor the elderly, and the infirm. When we look closely at the laws of the Old Testament, especially <clears throat> when considering the coming of Jesus Christ, who is the fulfillment of the law, then we realize that these laws were not intended to place an additional unreasonable burden upon the people, but to teach the people, to teach the, them the ways of the Lord God. The law was meant to, be, to come to the defense of the poor, and grant them liberation, not subjugate them further into abject slavery. When people with a rigid legalistic understanding of the law <clears throat> begin to insist on following the letter of the law without any grasp of its original intent or the spirit in which it is written, then the law often becomes a means of stripping people of their freedom and placing undue burdens upon them. It is not the law itself that facilitates freedom, but the spirit of the law. And in today's gospel reading, Jesus heals a woman suffering for 18 years from the effects of a crippling spirit. And notice that there is no indication in the text that the woman has asked for healing from Jesus. Our Lord simply sees her recognizes the tremendous burden she is carrying and has compassion on her suffering. He performs this healing for her without even asking. And when the leader of the synagogue witnesses this healing, his response should have been to rejoice with this poor woman who has been liberated from her crippling condition. Instead, he becomes indignant towards Jesus for having had the audacity to perform a healing on the Sabbath. The synagogue official had in mind the law from the Old Testament against doing work on the Sabbath. As it says in Exodus 35, six days shall work be done, 
But on the seventh day, you shall have a holy Sabbath of solemn rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. Now, to be fair to the synagogue leader, the punishment attached to this precept is severe, which highlights the seriousness of this law. The fact that the death penalty is attached shows that this law is indeed a solemn one that must be taken seriously. The problem, however, is that the synagogue leader is so concerned with following a rigid interpretation of the law that he has forgotten the very reason that the law exists and the spirit in which it is written. When this law was given to the people in the book of Exodus, the historical context is that God had worked through Moses to liberate his people from cruel slavery in Egypt. The Egyptian Pharaoh had very little regard for the Israelites' need to rest, better yet, for their need to worship the Lord God. He had no regard for the inherent dignity of the Israelites and reduced them to mere laborers to serve his own purposes. And this is contrary to the creation account in the book of Genesis, which teaches us that man and woman are created in the image and likeness of God. And while the Lord God gives the command to Adam and Eve to till and keep the garden, he has not created human beings for the sake of work alone. It is for this reason that God does the work of creating heaven and earth over six days and then rests on the seventh day, the Sabbath day. And the seventh day is kept holy as a reminder that man is created not merely for labor alone, but for communion and fellowship with the Lord God, a participation in his own divine life. The work that man performs over the other six days of the week culminates with the Sabbath rest on the seventh day, when he not only refrains from work, but spends this day in praise, worship, and thanksgiving to God. The law of the Sabbath day is thus not originally intended to place an additional burden upon the people of Israel, but to preserve their freedom from abject slavery. Our Lord Jesus Christ says it best when he points out to his audience that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And the requirement to rest is meant more for those who would insist on working people to death rather than giving them the opportunity to rest and to worship God. It's meant more as a reminder and a warning against the powerful landowners and employers who are tempted to overwork their employees, rather than, rather than against the ordinary worker who is trying to make an honest living to provide for his family. So the original spirit underlying the law concerning the Sabbath involves a spirit of freedom and liberation. The leader of the synagogue in today's reading has completely forgotten or overlooked this fact and is simply concerned with a rigid interpretation of the letter of the law. And so this imposes an undue burden upon the people, such as this woman, who is in desperate need of liberation from the burden of her suffering from a crippling spirit. 
And while other healthy people are free to participate in the Sabbath rest without laboring under such a debilitating condition, this woman has no opportunity to find such rest on the Sabbath. And yet, according to a strict interpretation of the law, so long as the woman is doing no external labor, then she is following the letter of the law, even though her physical condition renders her incapable of rest. And this is what Jesus could see when he looks upon this woman. He sees a person who, while not engaging in external labor, is still laboring with an interior burden. She is a slave to her condition. And when Jesus heals her on the Sabbath, he's not performing a work that violates the Sabbath rest, but he is rather bringing forth the full significance of the Sabbath rest. He's empowering this woman to be able to enter into his rest and thus truly fulfill the Sabbath precept. Jesus then calls out the hypocrisy of the leader of the synagogue. After all, the leader shows more concern for his animals, his beasts of burden, than he does for this poor suffering woman. He has no problem untying his animals on the Sabbath and taking them out for watering to alleviate their, thir their thirst. But he has a problem with this woman being healed so that her suffering can be allevi alleviated. When Jesus says this in the hearing of everyone in the synagogue, his adversaries are put to shame. And the people rejoice at, his, at the words of Jesus because they know in their hearts that he speaks the truth. The Sabbath is meant for the liberation of man, not to enslave man to the precepts themselves. And it's for this reason that the church teaches in the catechism that it is not only lawful, but even encouraged for Christians to come to the aid of the poor, the elderly, and the sick, especially on Sundays. Paragraph 2186 says this, <clears throat> those Christians who have leisure should be mindful of their brethren who, who have the same needs and the same rights, yet cannot rest from work because of poverty and misery. Sunday is traditionally consecrated by Christian piety to good works and humble service of the sick, the infirm, and the elderly. Christians will also, also sanctify Sunday by devoting time and care to their families and relatives, often difficult to do on other days of the week. Sunday is a time for reflection, silence, cultivation of the mind, and meditation, which furthers the growth of the Christian interior life. So not only are we Christians called to particip participate in Sunday rest, but we are also called to be mindful of other people who are incapable of finding rest. We are to be mindful of the poor, some of whom are forced to work on Sunday simply to provide for the needs of their family. We should try to help them by any lawful means possible so that they too can find rest on Sunday. And if we know people who are sick or elderly, those who are confined to their homes, we are encouraged to go and visit them on Sunday, if possible. 
The precept to keep holy the Sabbath is not only oriented towards the praise and worship of God, which is the primary purpose, but also towards helping other people to raise their minds to God in praise and thanksgiving by aiding and supporting them in their poverty and their misery. When we truly love our neighbor, we want what is good for them. We want for them all the good things that we ourselves enjoy so that they might share, might share our joy in the Lord. We are not to place unnecessary burdens or demands on people that would prevent them from observing the Lord's day, nor should we be indifferent towards their suffering. We are to imitate the love that our Lord shows towards the suffering woman today and to be compassionate towards our neighbor every day and especially on Sundays. And when we help other people to experience rest in the Lord, we give them a foretaste of the joy of heavenly rest that awaits the communion of saints in the kingdom of heaven.